back out of summer break with our podcast Pink Prince and today we have a guest joining us and it's a little bit different than normally because today we're joined by pro golf athlete Michelle Forschland. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, it's wonderful. I mean, like we're sitting here Monday morning, it's quite early. The weather's a bit grey, so maybe not the best scenario to actually be like proactive and do something, but here we are. But Michelle, I heard that you had quite a busy morning already or will have a busy day. So what is it actually that you do and how does your schedule look like today? Yeah, like you said, I'm a pro golfer, um, so that's what I do every day. Try to get better and compete against uh, some of the best players in Europe. So right now I'm just trying to prepare for the next tournament. So I'm meeting you here this morning and then I'm going straight to my strength coach, have a session with him, and then I'll have a session with my swing coach later because I'm flying out tomorrow. So I'm just kind of checking off all the boxes um, before I leave. And uh, yeah, be ready for the trip. Well, it sounds like quite a hectic Monday in that sense, but is this like a general typical day for you to have so many, you know, practices that are more or less a little bit off the golf course? Um, yes, a little bit. I mean, the days kind of varies depending on what I need to do uh, a certain day. Some days I'll play uh, 18 holes, play nine holes, practice, and then, you know, I really like going to the gym and following that program from my coach as well. So it varies a little bit, but most of my days are pretty filled with whatever activity I feel like I need to do to get better and get ready and prepare and all that for tournaments, which is where, you know, essentially my job is, you know, it's all the work behind it as well, but I kind of, you know, want and need to perform when I go to tournaments as well, so. All right, Michelle, you're just talking about like all the things that you need to do behind the scenes, right? That all the training, all the coaches you need. Is yeah. there like a big difference if you compare to before you went pro and now you're pro of the things you actually need to have to be on the top of your game? Yeah, so behind the scenes that's kind of interesting because you know everyone just sees the competition aspect of things. And most of my, you know, everyday life is whatever's behind the scenes, you know, it's all the practices, all the planning and everything. Um, so it's a little bit different than for example college where everything was planned for you, you know, some practices, you had team practices, you went to tournaments together and all that. So uh, it's more for me behind the scenes because I do everything myself and I do, you know, all the planning and obviously all the training and preparations. So it's a lot more to it than just showing up at tournaments. Um, but it's what I like to do, you know, it's, I like the training, I like, Sometimes I like the planning and you know getting there and you know the travel everything so You know, it's it's much more than just the um, The competition itself even though that's You know why we do it at least for me. That's what I think it's the most fun But it, yeah, it's a lot more more to it And yeah, but you know as I said before it's like it's if you if you watch a sports tournament and if you see from the outside you don't really think about that right mm. and you just talked about college yeah that everything was planned out and if um correct me if I'm wrong but you've been to the US right yeah so was it like a special program that you could join or was this a stipend or how did that actually happen that you ended up in the US and played golf there so I think more and more Norwegian golfers are looking over to the US for college because there's no 
such thing in Norway where you can combine sports and school the same way they do in the US. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was in high school, I just started looking at colleges and I knew a couple of older golfers that went, or older than me, that went to college. Um, and I thought, you know, that's a great opportunity. And some of the schools are, you know, top schools. They have some of the best golf golfers in the country. And a lot of the college golfers go on to play pro golf and do pretty well, you know. So I thought, what a great opportunity. And most of the people that wanted to pursue golf, they went to college around my age. So I thought it was sort of a pretty normal thing to do for a lot of golfers in Norway. So I applied to some schools, emailed some coaches, because it's kind of too expensive to go there if you have to pay for it all yourself. So um, I was looking for schools that would give me um, scholarship, you know, maybe academically, but mostly um, athletically. Um, and so I just, yeah, went with one of the schools I got a scholarship from, and I thought mm -hmm. this is a great opportunity, and yeah, packed my bags and went. Cool. Was there something you learned over there that you now apply to your pro golf life, or was it just for the experience and getting better and competing with other people with the same goal? Well, a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, moving across the world on your own, I mean, you kind of grow up, you know, you get independent in a way, um, even though things are planned and sort of fixed for you, you still have to do a lot of things that maybe you didn't think about, you know, you have to do everything yourself and uh, get around, get groceries, like plan more than maybe you did <laughs> before you left. Um, but at the same time, things are planned for you, you know, in terms of tournament and when to go to school, when to practice and all that. So, you know, at least it was... Um, <laughs> a different experience, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, but that's really cool. And, but I can just imagine, like, you know, the competition in golf must be really tight. And also if you apply for colleges in the U.S., right, because I think it's not just Norwegians that want to go there and play there. It's people from the U.S., it's people from Europe, people from other states. So was it actually tough to get in? And is this, like, a common red thread? You see that, like, the competition is just getting harder and harder? Yeah, I think it's growing every year. And then going to college, I think that's um, pretty popular among most countries in the world, it seems like. Because, I mean, I had friends from all continents and teammates from all over. So um, it's definitely uh, popular to go over there for not only Norwegians. And I think the competition is growing every year, especially maybe for women's golf, because we've seen the men's golf grow for quite some time and I feel like the women's golf is just kind of maybe a little bit behind but I think I mean right now it's the most competitive it's been you know ever so which is good you know um, and also when it comes to college and competitiveness you know at the top level is super competitive but also the the states they have so many schools you know all different levels division one two and three, I think, <laughs> and then a, a few other junior college um, conferences or levels and stuff. So um, it's definitely competitive, but there's a lot of options. 
So, you know, even if you don't get into your first choice or second or third, I mean, hopefully there's at least somewhere you can get in and then work your way up from there because you can also transfer, mm -hmm. uh, change schools if, you know, an opportunity opens up, which is what I did. So, yeah. But overall, just to wrap it up a little bit, if if you could speak to a young up-and-coming female golfer in Norway now, would this be something you would recommend to do? I would. I mean, I I loved it. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was good in a lot of different ways, you know, both to get an education, um, but then also for the, you know, whole team aspect, you, but you also get three, four or five years, however many you want to go there, extra years of both experience, playing with really good golfers from all over the world, um, but also you know, you get a few extra years to practice, get better. So, I mean, I don't really see any negative with it, you know, unless you're like very done with school and just want to go all in, you know, maybe that's not the right thing for you. But I see a lot of good athletes coming out of college and performing well in pro golf after. So, I mean, I would definitely recommend it, but that's also because of my experience and liking it over there. So. But, you know, not everyone has the same experiences, but, you know, at least give it a shot. I know people have, you know, left after a year, after a year or two because it wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know. At least they tried, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. But um, if you're, you know, world number one as, you know, a high school athlete, you know, maybe you don't need to <laughs> go to college for extra experience. But, uh, you know. But in some sense, when you say like you also like with the education and everything, I think it prepares you a little bit for the life that comes afterwards, right? Because, you know, I remember we talked briefly before as well, and you said, of course, now you're a pro athlete and you need your coaches and you have your own company more or less to yeah. to to run all your businesses. So yeah. is this something that you also learned in college then? Or was this, okay, now I have to dive into the cold water and just teach myself? Um, yeah, so I took a business degree and there's a lot of things there that sort of relates to what I do, you know, um, with the accounting and the taxes and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think for <laughs> most people, even after a business degree, there's a lot of learning, right? Even if it's just me doing my own stuff or someone else getting into another company, like there's a huge learning curve in the beginning because even though you have a bachelor or a master's degree, you don't know everything you need for the job. So I think for me, it was quite a bit of a learning curve in the beginning as well. Um, but, you know, this is my second year as a pro, so I'm sort of sort of catching on, you know, I'm like getting a routine of things. Um, and I have, you know, someone helping me out a little bit with all, with all the stuff that needs to be done, like paperwork and stuff so but um but yeah it definitely prepares you a little bit you know and going to college in general like learning new things all that stuff it's very useful for later life you know it's not maybe the education itself but how to do things you know that you learn mm -hmm. so obviously with your company and, and running your enterprise in that sense and the people that help you to run it there's still some parts right where you have to do it on your own and you have to do it yourself Yep. because there's quite some logistics in it as well right because you travel around you play tournaments and uh, most parts of Europe I would guess maybe some abroad as well 
and how does that work with all the logistics like shipping your stuff and getting your travel itineraries and combining it with your training yeah so like i said i have some people that help me and they'll help me do you know the tax um stuff at the end of the year and um but i'll have to keep track of everything i do you know put everything into a program and um yeah keep track of track of everything and then you know, I wouldn't hate having a travel planner, but <laughs> right now I do everything of that myself too. So you just kind of got to get into the habit of fixing things and looking at where are you going, what's the nearest airport, are you getting a car there, are you renting it, someone else renting it, who's booking the accommodation that week, uh, who are you traveling with, you know, and sort of um, divide those tasks among the traveling uh, parts. And then uh, keeping all the receipts and um, you know making sure you get there on time and all that stuff. So it's a lot of planning when it comes to that. Um, in college, you know, college coaches did everything for you. They said show up there at 8 a.m. and we'll leave, and then you didn't have to really think about anything. But right now, it's pretty much everything. You know, everything I do and. Uh, have done the past two years, you know, I've just sort of fixed myself. Um, but you get used to it. It's um, more of a habit now, but it's, like I said, a lot of stuff that needs to be done before you leave. You know, like I leave tomorrow and then, you know, I have all, everything planned for the next two weeks. Like who's driving that week, who's staying there, who's doing what. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But does it help to like you know visualize them like the end goal of like being like, yeah I'm gonna be successful and does it also help to know that your competition goes for the same stuff as you do? <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. We talk about it, you know, when we get to tournaments. Like, let's say there was um, sort of tricky to get to a tournament and the travel and the drive and all whatnot. You know, it's funny. You get there and everyone's like oh my gosh, I cannot believe this and that. And, you know, they're sort of all going through the same, even though people are traveling from different countries or um, all that stuff. But it's <laughs> it's like when you get, get to a test at school and, you know, you know your friends didn't study either or <laughs> whatever, you know, you feel like you're a little bit t together in it. Yeah. Um, sort of going through the same struggles, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. I can imagine that that helps, that, that cheers you up a little bit. But, you know, speaking of this still a competition, right? It's great yeah. that you have a great relationship with them in that sense, what you could just hear. But how big is the competition, actually? Like, because if you can explain a little bit of what you're competing for, right? Is there, like, different levels to it and, and how many people are involved in that? Yeah, so <coughs> I've, I've played this year and last year on the Ladies European Tour and the Axis Tour. So it's the level, or first and second level in Europe, basically. So, um, the top level is very good. So, and the European tour is getting more competitive, but so is the Axis tour, which is the second level as well. Um, so, I can just, I've compared a little bit last year versus this year, especially on um, the Axis series level. Um, it's getting much better. So, I think, and looking at um, the latest European tour as well, just the past 
three, four, five years, and I mean, it's crazy improvements. So, um, yeah, it's just getting more and more competitive. Like I said, the women's sport or women's golf is growing, um, but so is, especially in Norway, golf itself is growing. So, I mean, it's good to see the improvement, mm -hmm. especially for us. But is this something that makes you better immediately as well? If you have to compete with people, you're getting better and better and better as well. Yeah, because you have to push yourself because, you know, what was good enough last year is not necessarily good enough this year. And you don't want to just be good enough. You know, you want to be on the top of the level that you're competing. It's not fun going to a tournament and not do well and just losing money at work that week, you know? You don't make money unless you do well. So you can go through all this planning and all this preparation and traveling to all these different countries and you just lose money in the process. So, you know, it would be nice to um, say that you go to work and you make money, but sometimes that's not the case. But at the same time, it's good with the competition because it pushes you, you know. You want to be the best that you could be, you know, and that's what you work towards. But you know, it makes it tougher to make a living, definitely, when the competition is hard, but, you know, you want to push yourself to the best, so <laughs> in that case, it's good, so <laughs> depends how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it can be mentally straining in that sense, I've always think, okay, last year was good enough, this year is it, it isn't, mm -hmm. so I think that might be tough, but when you talk about something to show up for work, and, you know, at the end of the day, you don't get paid, yeah. but how does, how does that work? Like, how does price money work? How is this, this quite similar to tennis in the sense that, okay, if you get to a certain level, you will get something and do you split it or how, how is that? Yeah, so the pay is also something that um, improves as competition is getting better, especially that's what it's done the last few years. But um, on level two in Europe, you know, it's not really, unless you win every week, it's not really like you're gonna make a lot of money. You know, it's gonna be more like hoping you don't lose too much money throughout the year. Um, you can definitely make money if you go up towards the top, but it's hard to be on top of your game every week. Um, for the Ladies European Tour, it's a little bit better. You sort of, yeah, let's say the price purse for top 45 on level two. Um, I think it's been around 40, 50,000 euros um, for this year, and then you sort of just add a zero to it for the latest European tour. And then for the men's, you add more zeros, but <laughs> that's another story. But so it's definitely it's definitely getting better. And if you do well on the latest European tour, I mean, you can definitely um, live off golf. You don't have to get a second job or, you know, all that stuff. So, um, you know, just looking back five, six year, years, I think, I think it was hard to have golf as your only job, mm -hmm. especially on the women's side. So it's getting it's getting better in terms of the the price money so that you <laughs> hopefully make a living. <laughs> yeah, but just for clarification, right? Because yeah. like those forty thousand you were talking about in the whole purse, it's not for yeah. the first one, it's for the entire first placed people, right? Yeah, it's top forty five. So um first we'll maybe get like I think six thousand and then it's like three, four to second place. And so once you get um, from the, you know, 20th to 45, I mean, it doesn't really differ that much. No. So it's just, you know, 
cover your expenses for the week yep. sort of deal. So, you know, towards the top is definitely where you want to be <laughs> in those kind of tournaments. Sounds like it, but tough thing. And you said like the, the difference between men and women in that sense is, is enormous, but, but do you think that gap is closing with the interest in women's golf rising? I mean, it's still like, you know, far to go, but do you think it's, it's on the right track? It's definitely on the right track. You know, I mean, we've seen um, increased prize money every year um, for a while now, and you know, there's still sort of records with you know one of the majors this year having the biggest prize purse ever um, on the LPGA in the states. Um, but um, you know, I'm not sure the gap is closing, mm -hmm. but it's. I feel like at least if you give us a chance to play golf for a living, you know, that's, <laughs> I'll be happy. Yeah. But um, um, prize money is improving every year, you know, with the competition and with the interest of the sport in general. Um, I'm not sure the gap is closing, you know, because the men's purses are also increases are increasing every year. So, um, but I feel like as long as they're at least both increasing and so that we can play golf for a living, not needing a second job if you know don't play great. Um, you know, it definitely makes a difference. So, but I mean, as of right now, women's um, women's sport in general is improving, right? And the interest for it, you know, there's new records, you know, not all the time, but you know, with the volleyball in the States and the World Cup and you know, all other sports besides golf you know we had um solan cup this week or last week where you know there's you know a ton of fans um you know it's not just men's events that people watch anymore which is great you know i like the enthusiasm you know for both <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's a great thing to say like it's 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 both equally interesting to watch it could be, you know, it depends a little bit on the setup and the week and all that sort of stuff. But this, uh, when it comes to golf, maybe the sport is a little different because of the setup. You know, it's, um, you know, men, they maybe play more shorter irons and wedges. And because of that, maybe they can shoot lower scores and it may look more impressive or something. But I've heard a lot of a lot of people, you know, men, women, old, young, I mean, they've really expressed an interest and um, sort of been impressed mm -hmm. by watching women's golf because what you could see mostly on TV, at least before, was just men's sport or men's golf. But um, showing more of women's golf I hear more people coming back to me and saying like, oh my God, I cannot believe that was so impressive. And I mean, she hit her long iron hybrid into 10 feet, you know, and the accuracy is what I hear a lot because uh, women, I mean, maybe, <laughs> tend to be more accurate than men, you know? So it's, it's sort of different to watch. So, but you know, both, I think both are fun to watch and I think people are realizing that the more they watch women's golf, you know, and not just men's, but I mean, it's 
guess, personal preferences, but I've heard a lot of good things. Oh, that's a good thing. And I can only imagine like being more present than in the public, like in general in that sense, must also help a little bit when it comes to, or must help, I think it's a different word for that, but it's beneficial, right, if you go out there and looking for sponsors, right, because every young and up-and-coming athlete needs sponsors in one way or another. Yeah. And, you know, if you then said, okay, it's more common to watch the, the men's, they're more, I could guess it's easier for them than to fetch some sponsor money and vice versa, you know, we're in a Nordic country. It's not that golf is like the biggest sport up here in Norway, right? Maybe it's then also like easier for people that are skiing or maybe doing something more related to, to the country in that sense. But is this something you feel that is rather difficult? Um, yes, in a way it is because um, golf hasn't really been like the main sport in Norway, you know, and <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a long time until it is, <laughs> if ever, but um, like handball and skiing and a lot of those sports have been more prominent in Norway, right, for a long time and people are maybe more willing to sponsor them and a team and all that stuff, so, you know, which makes sense in a way, but it's um, there's a lot of other sports, golf, and a lot of smaller individual sports in Norway that are also, you know, looking to put Norway on the map, mm -hmm. you know, and um, sort of make it in their own sport. So it's a little bit difficult because um, it's not like people are just like signing up, like, oh yeah, you know, I'd like to sponsor a golfer. You know, <laughs> it's more like who. <laughs> Who plays golf in Norway? You know, it's getting more, more and more popular, which is good. Um, golf is definitely growing in Norway, so it makes the interest a little bit bigger. Um, but you definitely gotta, you know, look for those that are interested in the sport and like, and think, yeah, okay, cool, maybe I want to help this um, girl or guy, whatever it is, um, you know, towards the top in their sport, you know. Um, but it's, it sounds like, you know, again, back to the business affairs, it sounds like a very daily business affair in that sense. But I can only imagine then if, you know, as you just said, Norway tries to put highlight on so many different sports segments right now. Yeah. And Norway's actually doing quite well, yeah. right? There's so many different, like, you can go to tennis, you can go to golf, you can go to Formula 2, you can go to uh, just normal, how is it called in English? Like, fririt, uh, you know, like running and yeah, those kind of things. Field, yeah. yeah, exactly. So... <coughs> There's actually quite an improvement there, and, but is this something if you can feel this movement, okay, hey, cool, does this help you in general as well to say, okay, to put yourself in the spotlight a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Maybe I'm not the best self-promoter <laughs> in the world, but um, it definitely makes it easier because, you know, people at least, you know, follow golf. You know, people know who uh, the best golfer, golfers in the world are. They sort of pay attention to the golf um, industry maybe a little bit more. Although maybe they look at the top and they don't realize that, you know, the biggest struggles may be in the beginning, you know, where, um, where you don't make that much money, you know, where you actually need the sponsorship to just sort of help you start your career, you know. It's easy to um, look at the top and be like, okay, I want to sponsor this person, but they already have all they need, you know, mm -hmm. technically. Um, but it definitely helps um, that people 
that people know the sport and follow more and they're like, okay, maybe it would be cool to have another Norwegian athlete up there, you know. Uh, we have Victor now, great athlete, you know, and maybe it'll help that people want to see more of that, you know, they want to see more of those um, athletes from nowhere that are not just, you know, winter sports, for example, you know, in those um, bigger sports, you know, golf is one of the biggest sports in the world, and I don't think Norwegians maybe realize that as much, but maybe they do now more than ever, yeah. so it's uh, it's good for the sport. Yeah, that's really great. And having talked about all the progress that the whole sport is doing, um, what is something that you would like to see for you? What are you working towards to select for a foreseeable future? What's your next step? Yeah, so it's definitely nice seeing the sport progress. And obviously I have a lot of goals myself. You know, a few goals that I've had for this season. Uh, I've had mostly... Uh, like process goals, goals, you know, like um, stuff I want to see change, um, not necessarily in results, but in the way I play or the way I hit a certain shot. So there's a few uh, of those goals and obviously wanting to place high up on the leaderboard. Um, one of my goals was to win a tournament this year and my best finish has been sixth place so uh, I mean it's been close on my good weeks but not necessarily exactly where I would have wanted um, there's still a few more tournaments left of the season though to try you know um, do my best in those settings and um, yeah try to improve like I said on my process process goals um, but yeah, that's for the very near future. And then there's a qualifier in December um, for the European Tour, uh, which is where I played most season last year, just a little bit this year. Um, but definitely want to qualify back there um, to have sort of a, um, <laughs> a better workplace next year <laughs> in a way. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed this year too, obviously, but um, to progress and move closer to my goals, that will be one of the first steps. And, um, you know, sort of evaluate after the season and make new goals for next year, you know. Um, see what's realistic and what's um, possible to achieve within the next year is sort of what I've figured is the best way for me to operate. Mm -hmm. But also looking at some of the, you know, goals like farther ahead obviously which is what drives me you know playing on the LPGA the you know top level in the world and um, like playing in the Solheim Cup you know that was played last week which is one of yeah probably one of the coolest weeks to watch um, so I mean some of those goals but they're way up there um, but yeah just just doing what I think or what I want to do and in terms of achieving those smaller goals on the way and then yeah we'll see we'll see how long it takes hopefully achievable <laughs> <laughs> but is it then sometimes tricky to you know you, you talk passionately about it so 
is it tricky sometimes when you say, oh gosh, no, no, I missed that spot, or I wanted to be better, that you lose your motivation, or you lose the joy, or is this something you, you just have so deep in you to say, yeah, you know what, that's my sport? Well, so, <laughs> when it's rough, it's rough, you know, I feel like this sport gives you a lot of high highs and low lows, you know? <laughs> It's, it's tough during those weeks where you don't perform or you feel like you should have performed better. Um, you know, this is a sport where, you know, you, you lose way more than you win. Mm -hmm. So you sort of, you can't lose motivation after a bad week or a bad month or a bad season, you know, for that matter. Um, but you gotta, you, you know, to achieve in this sport I think you got to be very determined and not sort of lose sight of where you're going which is easy you know when you struggle and you think like okay I lost money four weeks in a row maybe I should get an office job where you actually get income you know per hour <laughs> you know because a lot of hours are put in you know like everything behind the scenes like you go out and practice for eight hours a day or you do all this stuff and you know it's easy to think like it would be nice to get paid for those eight hours, you know, and not just do it, but it's sort of, you know, the motivation and um, the want, you know, to do it that drives you, you know, it's not, you know, if it would have been for the pay, you know, maybe you wouldn't do it. <laughs> exactly. So um, it's definitely a job where you go out there and you think like, okay, this is the best job ever. I can do whatever I want. You know, I don't have to be miserable at a job I don't like. Um, but it's definitely, definitely, and I can speak at least from my own experience that it's very tough when it doesn't go the way you want because of everything you put in. You sort of feel like, yeah, you feel like you're not maybe getting rewarded for the work you're putting in. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, thinking that it, it will happen in the future drives, you know, you know, you, for me at least, it's like you like the process of doing it, but you also want to see your goals and dreams achieved in the end. Um, but yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. But it doesn't help, because of course you play the golf club and everyone you're at home, and obviously it's like, you know, a community you know from a long time ago and some of them made it does yeah. it then help to have those people around you to guide you a little bit um yeah for sure um it's it's motivating to see you know some people that i grew up playing with that are you know we have one player on the pga and one on the lpga and um, so it's motivating having played with them as a junior golfer, amateur golfer, um, and seeing they've achieved it, you know it. You know it feels it feels close, but it also feels far away. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of work still needing to be put in, um, but it's it's very good to see that it's possible for <laughs> a Norwegian golfer that has you know too many months of snow at home. Yeah, I was thinking the same when you talked about having you know, the qualifier in December. It was like, definitely not going to happen in Norway. No, that's no. not in Norway. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of it, so you said you're going to have a tournament this week? Or next, next week. Next week. Yeah. Next week. So where are you playing? Italy. Italy. Yeah. So um, it will be 
uh, one event in Italy next week, mm -hmm. and then a little week break, and then two more weeks in Spain to finish up the season. So three more events to go, mm -hmm. and then it's you know all in for the qualifier in December. That sounds like a nice way to end the season in some warmer countries. Yeah, yeah, we've um, had our fair share of um, shitty weather this year, so it will <laughs> <laughs> it'll be nice to see the sun, hopefully. Perfect, then I wish you best of luck for this. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me.